body better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. Episode 165 of Channel Massive, and we're getting closer yep. to that mythological 200 that at times we never thought we would. We will get there. We will. <laughs> it may take 5, 10, 20 years at our current pace. My <laughs> <laughs> God, we'll do it. I'm Noah. I'm Mark. We are here. <laughs> and this is Channel Massive. Yeah, we are here to record another episode for you. See, we're trying to do this weekly thing again. Yeah, trying to stick with it. It's Pretty hard. Cool. It's it's tough, you know, with our rock star bohemian lifestyles. <laughs> it's very, very difficult to stop It's, it's the, really hard just to even wake up for this shit. Got to stop the van right before we play our gig. <laughs> but, uh, you know, here we are. Outside on the street in our van. In our van, down by the river. <laughs> doing our motivational speaking and... Hydroponics. Yes. Yeah. Well, we will be taking our van around town. Yeah. In the future, we have more guest toasts coming up yep. that I'm guest really excited. Toasts. Yes, we're, we'll definitely have Sean on again, and we're really hoping, shouldn't be too hard, hopefully, to get his brother who wrote our awesome new theme song. Yeah, the show, that's right. Luke, who is quite the MMO extraordinaire player. Yep. And then potentially... I haven't finalized this yet, but potentially we'll have a pro gaming dude on and a hardcore long-term Dota fan. That's cool. Who That's way awesome. cool. Yeah, they're all really great people. So in the meantime, you're going to have an episode of Just Us. Just the two of us. We think you'll <laughs> like it. <laughs> yeah. And if you have any comments on it, send them in to mail. Email. At channelmassive.com. And also please review us on iTunes. iTunes has some kind of search functionality. Yeah, you can, can find, us. find us somehow and give us a, a review. I think it's like you look for like hard metal slayer <laughs> channel massive and you'll find us. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know. There's a lot of 80s music in the last episode. Yeah, I'm maybe. not sure if we still have that <laughs> reputation. Slayer. Yeah, hopefully With Cindy Lauper and the Bengals on there, I was just in an 80s mood. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Tonight's Toby Keith night, though, so... Oh, well, uh... Enjoy, y'all. Uh, yeah, we'll see <laughs> if I can accommodate that. Uh, you, you very, be careful what you wish for. Uh, you might just this will become it. all country. Yeehaw! That's funny, when I went to PAX with Scott, I had to ask him, I never asked him, because, you know, he's so... He's got such a strong southern accent, he's such a southern boy, it's just like, do you like country music? It's like, hell no, I'm into grandcore! <laughs> More grandcore! <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of like how it was. You like had a, a, no. a immediate response, like, oh, no. Oh, no. Yeah. Like, like po- pish posh of me possibly even considering <laughs> that. And you know it's so awesome, listeners, because if you've been listening to the show, if you've been listening to our channel, Massive Legends show, you know how distinctive Scott's voice is and his delivery and his accent. And there was this epic moment during PAX that I'm sure he didn't bring up. So this will be one of my final PAX memories. We went to the panel that was run by the lady who created Portal. She created an abicular drop, and then she was hired by Valve, and they made Portal, and then she worked in Leopard Dead. And I think she started working in Portal 2, and then she quit. Hmm. And she started. She joined up with Airtight Games, who made Dark Void, which is like this Rocketeer game that totally bombed last year. She joined up there so she could get full creative directions, and surprise, surprise, they revealed her new game uh, during PAX, and it's called Quantum Conundrum? I think, hmm. and it's basically Portal uh, XBLA game disney fight. Oh, wow. Where you run out, you're a kid, so you're shorter, so like when you run up to chairs and tables, they're taller than you. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> and you have a gun, but the gun allows you to shift dimensions, and it shifts dimensions of the environment, so you can shift everything to a fluffy environment, so a safe, which there are lots of them in the game, oh, becomes wow. really light, so you can pick it up and throw it as a kid, and then you can switch it back to normal, and then all of a sudden it retains its super heavy weight. So there's like, there's fluffy and then there's slow-mo, I guess. And then there's gravity reverse. So you juggle those to throw it safe and then you hop on it and you juggle gravity up, down, up, down, up, down. So that 
as you're going across this pit, it keeps going up, down, up, down, up, down. And it's wow, like she has really like some really cool ideas. Yeah, she's got a really, in my opinion, harsh personality. <laughs> she was really listen to me, no listen to me, insulting me and, and oh, sarcastic and, stuff. and rude to her teammates, and wow. they just kind of rolled at the punches and they they kind of jab back at her. But it, it seemed to indicate to me why she might have had issues mm. previously because she's got a does she's not, really young and does she, not play well with others. She's really sharp. But hmm. she's got a bit of a persona. <laughs> Anyways, they had a Q&A session at the end of the panel. A T&A session? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Fluffy dimension. No. <laughs> Fluffy. <laughs> they had a Q&A session, and everybody, all these people got up and lined up to ask questions. And Scott got up, too, and he was like the last question. He's like, sir, I have a question, <laughs> ma'am. Nobody else had an accent. Except for Scott. Scott. And just like this, his voice just boomed across the oh, whole wall. Awesome. Like, rock on, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it I, thought, I thought maybe he would like speak with like no accent just to freak <laughs> you out. Oh, no. It was, it was classic Scott. It was oh, great. That's awesome. Great Scott moment. And he asked a really good question. Unfortunately, I don't remember what it well, was. Of course he did. Oh, wait. No, it was it was a logic question because one of the catches is, is the science of the dimensional shifter only applies to certain elements of this house that you're trapped in. You're basically trapped in a house and you're oh. Your grandfather, who's made this super cool gun, is trapped, and so you're trying to rescue him. But there's this golden, not un, uh, opaque liquid. It kind of looks like molten gold. That's what powers the house hmm. and powers the gun. The gun's always connected to a tube. And when you put it into reverse gravity, everything else floats to the top, but the water just remains oh. in the pool. It doesn't actually go anywhere, which totally physically, physics-wise doesn't make sense. And he asked him that question, and one of the developers did this, like, wave his hands in the air, like, don't look at that. It's <laughs> not part of the science. And she totally gave this P answer that, uh, well, you know, it doesn't apply to everything because otherwise the house would be torn apart, uh, blah, 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 blah. Oh, wow, he totally got him. <laughs> he did. He got them, and then he got right when he asked them, when is Dominion coming out? Shortly after PAX. Oh, no, it's not. Oh, that's hilarious. So, yeah, Scott, ace reporter. That's why we love him. Yep. And that was totally my tangent that derailed this introduction. We'll be getting into... <laughs> this will now be a three-hour long time. <laughs> <laughs> we will be getting into... We've got we've got some mail that we're going to get into. We're going to tell you what we've been playing. And then Yoichi Wada, who is the CEO Yoichiwara. of Square Enix... He just recently gave a the keynote speech for Tokyo Game Show, which is running right now. It's like E3 in Japan, except it's open to the public. Novel idea. Wow, it's so, like, non... <laughs> uh, wow, I don't even know what to say. That's just crazy. I think they have access... They do it smart. I think the, the press has access exclusively, like, for a day or two, and then there's three days where it's open to the public and the press. And oh, it's just, that's It cool. makes sense. It's really cool. Anyways, he gave... In spite of what you may think, Mark, of Final Fantasy. And we know that Mark hates Final Fantasy. Fucking sucks. And ass. I think uh, Jason hates it as well. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> he hates anything that's got anime stuff. It's no gold box edition of a TSR <laughs> game. That's for sure. Yeah. So, in spite of whatever you may think of Square Enix and how much you may hate their most recent, some of their most recent games, I know I haven't liked Although all I love of them. the latest one and play it religiously. Yeah, you sure do. <laughs> uh, he gave a really insightful and great keynote speech that ties in a lot to free-to-play games and a lot oh, of what yeah. we've been seeing going on in the MMO landscape and also has some predictions about how gaming technology, what the next evolutionary steps are going to be, where he thinks those are going to take place. And I'm like, this is perfect discussion topic for the show. So yeah. that's what Mark and I are going to get into. Across our square table. Yeah. So should we do, should we hear from the listeners first or should we tell them what we're playing next? Oh, the little folk? <laughs> let's let's tell the let's tell the listeners what we've been playing. No, let's just read the email, then we'll tell them what we've been playing, and then we'll respond to the email after that. And then we'll respond to the email after. No, no. Let's just let's just leave it to chance. <laughs> All right, we'll see what the listeners hear next. They'll never know, nor do we. Someone to hold me tight would be very nice. This episode of Channel Massive is sponsored by UGT Servers. When you order Ventrilo hosting from UGT, you get all of the powerful administration features hardcore gamers want and the ease of use that newbie gamers need. With 24-hour tech support, 13 locations worldwide, and a 15-day money-back guarantee, you'd be crazy not to check them out. 
Head to UGT-Servers.com for all of your Ventrilo hosting needs. First up, we're going to get into your mail, of course, because our listeners are so important. Yep. And you said that almost as though you didn't believe it. <laughs> I, on the other hand, I am the candidate that does believe in listeners. <laughs> <laughs> I love you long time. I wouldn't listeners. have said it if I didn't mean it. Oh, okay. And perhaps my intonation didn't seem yeah, sincere. Yeah, it was very odd. It was like, because their shit's important <laughs> or something. The listeners are extremely important. Yes. There's no reason to do a podcast without listeners. That's right. Yes. No, Noah's crying now. Yeah. The it's, tears. The it's tears just, just came under <laughs> It's really hard to hold in. <laughs> I know. How I feel Once about. we break down this dam he's built... <laughs> The emotions. Oh, I love you, listeners. Please write just me next time. Yeah, just to know at channelmassive.com. You know, A-H. A, pr- a personal message, please. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 need, I need your information. I need your validation. <laughs> now we won't get an email probably for like four months. <laughs> no, or you'll just get Fuck this, you, assholes. You'll get like every single listener will write you an email. Stay with it, Noah. It's okay. I know you're going through a rough Jump time. off a cliff already. I'm sick of your ass. <laughs> That's right. So we got an email from we want Agamemnon. Jim back. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah. Where's the vegan? <laughs> That's when the back. show really had quality. We liked his free-to-play game notes. <laughs> All right. So we got an email in this episode from Agamemnon, who I'm pretty sure we've heard before, but so long ago that I can't remember when. You know, I can't remember the specific episodes we used. We just had him on. That's for sure. But we find out in this email where he's been, and we want to say thank you very much, Agamemnon. For writing us and just our uh, to a couple episodes ago we were saying the reason we don't have any emails because sean's with us on the show yeah that's right and so if he's on the show he's not going to write us and we're not yeah. going to have any it's like when we made scott a part of the show <laughs> all of a sudden there's no more email <laughs> damn it so thank you agamemnon for setting the plate he writes in i've written in a couple times but since you've gotten to mostly the legends podcast i pretty much quit listening because i don't play it and don't care to hear a podcast about it I'm glad to have you guys back at least talking about something else other than just LOL. I'm listening to episode 163 right now while writing this, and I agree. I can't wait for some new damn Diablo to come out, mm. even though I'm a little worried with this gotta-be-connected-to-Blizzard-to-play scenario they've set up. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, <laughs> which is the ga- the name of the game that you thought Sean was creating, <laughs> though, but it does worry me. <laughs> he continues, I didn't go to PAX. But I did go to Dragon Con this year and got to see that Cowboy Bebop MMO Wildstar trailer as well. And I have to say, it does look interesting to me. And maybe one I can play with my daughters who love anime. That's cool. But that, but that I could get into as well since it's sort of Firefly slash Bebop space genre. I have one complaint about this podcast. You had a lot of background white noise in it that you can hear behind the voices. Agamemnon. Well, well, you see what happened is Sean was a new <laughs> podcaster, and despite my very strict guidance to keep the microphone... And the visual cues, the ab- demonstrations... The demonstration, the repeated beatings, to keep the microphone above his nostrils... Whacking him with his milk jug, whacking him... At some point, it, swip, it, it slid down under his nose, and that sound you heard was in fact not a bear mating, but was Sean breathing through his nose... Which at least verifies that out of the three of us, one of us is not a vampire. Yeah. <laughs> That's the guy with the milk jug. That's the one who's drinking <laughs> milk, not blood. Like, yes. Like we do. Because <laughs> we kick it like that. We drink the true blood. When we drive our van around. <laughs> We're going to have to give him the true death. <laughs> 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 <All right. laughs> we are totally into true blood. I confess. I mean, yeah. It's an awesome show. <clears throat> it is. Judges says you, as you will. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think the main reason that, Diablo, that Blizzard is doing this online connection thing is because it's all tied into their new online economy related to the auction houses. Their economy. Yes, and then also, of course, piracy and all that. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. I don't like it either. I Whenever Ubisoft has done it, Ubisoft seems to get totally spanked for it all the time. Yeah. It's like, oh, you want to play Assassin's Creed, which is essentially an online, essentially a single-player game only? You need to be permanently connected to the internet if you want to play this. It's just such BS. It really is frustrating. It's I, 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 I miss the old days when it's like, I'm going to connect to the internet because I want to play with someone online. Yeah. I hear your, I hear your angst about Diablo. I, 
the other day, like the the um, the Tristam um, theme song came to me unbidden, and then I like <laughs> went into like YouTube and started just listening to Diablo two music, and it was like amazing how I'd hear the song and remember where it was where you were playing see it, it see stuff wow that's cool and how good the music is it's People, really gosh, like yeah. all blizzard music it's really good but i mean there's something just about the diablo 2 music that maybe after hearing it for hundreds and hundreds of hours it's just stockholm appreciation yeah it's <laughs> stockholm syndrome definitely but it's it's so good and so anyway after listening to that i was just really jonesing for it not enough to actually install diablo 2 <laughs> but I'm just dying for Diablo 3 to come out. Yeah. So feel your pain, angst. Yeah. Sorry about the noise. We will beat him about the head with a stick next time. <laughs> and on the comment of DragonCon, it's funny you bring that up, Agamemnon, because as we were wrapping up our time in Seattle, Scott was telling me that, talking to me about this that same con and suggesting that it might be worth checking out and that he's been there and thought it was pretty cool i think it's ostensibly more of a tabletop gaming type of convention mm-hmm. which is is really cool i i'm but I, i'd be interested in once i get some more experience with D and my next D and D session is october 15th finally we have gotten commitment i also made a new group of friends from co-work these co-workers who i thought were just total casual jocks but they're like, whoa, let's play uh, Small World and Touch of Evil and all these tabletop games. Oh, that's kind of so cool. They do that every Saturday, so that's something I'll, I'll be able to get some more Sweet. tabletop action in. But <clears throat> I, I thought it was really cool that Agamemnon brought up that Wildstar reminded him of Cowboy Bebop, which is this really, really cool anime series where they're, it follows three bounty hunters in the future. And I think they live on... Mars, so it's like way in the future where Mars oh, is yeah. colonized, and they can go back. And it's got this super slick uh, fusion jazz, like up tempo jazz soundtrack that's really oh, that's brassy, cool. really cool. Uh, kind of like some of this. I wish I could give you an example. I can't off the top of my head. The composer for this series is really awesome, and that's right. I hadn't even thought about that. It's a really cool parallel. When I saw the Wild Star MMO, and demoed it and, and went to the panel about it. It really seems so much like Serenity and Firefly. That's me, cool. Which is also another thing. So it's really got a lot of potential, and it's cool to hear some of our listeners are psyched about it as well. Yeah, that sounds really awesome, actually. Well, hell yeah. Thanks for writing in. We really appreciate it, and we actually do appreciate you pointing out the noise and stuff because that'll yeah. just... Uh, <clears throat> we we really do have high standards for our production quality, and when something like that happens, you know, it's pretty yeah. much going to have to hire the assassin to take out Sean now. <laughs> so thank well, we want to know, because sometimes it's like, I've edited so many freaking podcasts, I kind of blitz through some of the editing and just take care of the most obvious stuff, and I see the sounds really, really loud, or there's like a really long pause, or something yeah. breaks. I'll clean that up. So yeah, if you do notice things, let us know. Remember that one daring listeners like you guys say you know too much i do remember that <laughs> and it's funny because at the time i was like well screw you but now i don't say um or you know when i do like presentations at work thanks to that listener like it's it, really cool. it really like yeah. it really impacted me you know i mean <laughs> oh, um, oh it, uh, you know um, you know like it, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I betcha, you it know? was like uh you know <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah anyway mm-hmm. yeah thanks, thanks for that don't you yeah. know <laughs> this is a great podcast we'll probably better wind up this yeah i think before the it uh, devolves um, further if you need to send in the emails you need to send it into <laughs> mail M-A-I-L. At ChannelMassive.com. Or if you feel like sending Noah some love, N-O-A-H at <laughs> ChannelMassive.com. Don't make me cry again. <laughs> so, Mark, what have you been playing? <laughs> See, listeners, this is why I need your support. It's, so, it's such an abusive Oh, I'm so surprised. I'm so surprised you chose me to go first. <laughs> Always put me on the spot. <laughs> it's always well. What's funny is because when I put you, when I ask you to go first, yeah. you're like, "Why don't make me go first? I don't like it." And then there's like beatings off the air. Yeah. <laughs> and then when he's running the segment, he's like, "What have I been playing?" That's when Noah goes for the Gomorrah. <laughs> no. Um. Uh, 
so let's see. I haven't done a lot of playing this last week, but there was some of that. What's the Pac-Man remake on Xbox Live? Oh, Pac-Man Chapping Edition. Yeah, with the crazy techno music and stuff. Yeah, were you playing the first one or the DX one where all the ghosts are asleep? It's the DX one. I love that. Oh, it's just so freaking cool. I love that oh, game. Oh, I love that. Yeah, I was teaching my son how to play it, and then and then we would take turns, and he was like really like he was really he was he dances. When he plays it, and then when he wants to go a direction with the controller, he actually aims himself that way when he does it, and so he's like going like this. And then it was really fun, though. But I really enjoyed it too. I like to do the eight-minute challenge or whatever it is, oh, yeah. and just see how far you can it's go. It's so cool because it's like it's a reflex test and a puzzle. Yeah. At the same time, it's so awesome, and uh, just to get the right paths down and stuff. And every yeah. time you get a little better, you know, subconsciously you're like mapping it out. Like and then you like can customize it. You can change the colors of the maps oh, yeah. and the, the patterns and yeah. the music. It's oh, well worth it's, the money. Oh, yeah. It's easily worth it. So I played that, and I played the Galaga remake, too. Oh, the Galaga Legions DX? Yeah. I love that now. Yeah, it's a little less stressful than the other one. It's great to play. It's like once you get into that Zen mode. Oh, yeah. When you're seeing the whole screen at once, which is like you have to do that. You can't yeah. focus like a normal game. Yeah. You watch the whole thing at once, and you get like... This is in, like, Noah says, a Zen like moment. You're like, I'm undefeatable. And then, sure enough, that's right about where you die. But, um, Swarm! Played, yeah, played that and played, um, League of Legends, of course, and tried Crimson Alliance. Oh, you tried, oh, you I actually tried it too. Yeah. And I just, I didn't like the whole way they did the micro transaction model mm-hmm. where the champions are like, there's three of them to really play, and it's 800 each. Each? Or if you want all three, oh. you can spend 1,200. Um, Xbox Ooh. points or whatever, or gold, which is fifteen dollars essentially. Yeah, and it's Microsoft points. Yeah. So it's like, God, if you just if you tried to get in it in a conservative way, you 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 spend eight hundred for one, sixteen for two, or twenty four hundred for all uh-huh. three, or you could just do twelve hundred right off the bat. But it's like such a kind of bait and switch feeling. I just it really turned me off. I didn't mind the mechanics, but I still if I wanted to play that style of game, I would just play the Laura Croft Gold. Uh, what is it? Um, oh. Oh, I can't believe I can't think of it. The the co-op one that was overhead, top yeah, down. Yeah, the uh, oblique view. Gosh, um, I want to call it Spear of Destiny, but that's an old FPS. No, that's the... Anyway, the, the, you all know what it is. Yeah. Y- y'all. Y'all know. You <laughs> all know what it is, listeners. Anyway, that's a really cool one. If, you're, if you want to play Crimson Alliance, just play that, and you'll really be happy. <laughs> Um, but that was pretty much it for my game playing. I, you know, I had a lot of other Guardians of Light. Going. Sorry. Guardians of Light. We have the technology. I don't, I don't know where I came up with the gold thing. Lara Croft and the Guardian of Light. Yeah, that's okay. a really good value, I think. Yeah. Um, and I, it was funny because I really wanted to play some um, Marvel vs. Capcom 3. But I just, every time I'd go to do it, like, I'd have something else going on, and I never got around to it. But I was just really hankering to play that one. I don't know why. I am so on the fence about getting the Ultimate Edition. I mean, it's at least with Street Fighter Four, they waited a year before I'm, they released I'm really, it. frankly, just I'm pissed, kind of off pissed off that they off. keep doing this. Yeah, it's like, it's not even eight months yeah. since the original version came out. And they were supposed to deliver a steady stream of downloadable characters, granted that you'd purchased for microtransactions. And the first two were on the disc yeah. because when I unlocked them, it was like, oh, it's available. And I'm like, See, no. This is, we're going to talk about this more later in our actual, you know, segment that we're doing. But, like, the consumer does ha- is starting to have, the balance of power is shifting to the consumer. Yes. When a game company does this kind of bullshit where, you know, instantly your, 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 your game that you maybe bought because you were an enthusiast like myself yeah. knew is yeah. devalued because the championship or the super turbo turbo ultra version comes out like yeah. six to eight months later. What For am I going to do? Retail price. I'm going to continue playing my version and wait six months till I can buy it in the bargain bin. And I'm going to go trade in frankly. my game and buy the used one. Yeah. So and, they don't get any profit. Yeah. And screw them. It'll all be in the secondary market. And I don't care because I don't have any loyalty, loyalty to a company that doesn't just make that extra stuff available through DLC for a, a reasonable price. Exactly. Yeah, I don't care if it's only forty bucks. It's still a total ripoff. It's a ripoff to people who, I mean, I pre-ordered it, got the special edition for like yeah. sixty bucks. Yeah. And now somebody. I didn't pre-order who, mine, but I bought it the day it came out. Yeah. Well, and then somebody who waited. Yeah. Who's like, ah, I don't know, because they did this bullshit with Street Fighter Four, which they did, which I own. Now they can get everything that I got. Yeah. Plus, like eight more characters, way more levels, extra modes. 
for 20 bucks cheaper for a brand new game. Yeah. Such BS. It's so frustrating. <clears throat> I also played that Street Fighter 3 game that they have on the arcade. I don't know what that is. Well, what it's supposed to be, and I can't remember the exact it's name. It's like some kind maybe, of tournament thing? Maybe you can harness the incredible power of the internet while I, while right. I stall for time. A one and a two. And is it XBLA? Uh, I think so, yeah. And um, okay. the thing about it is, it's supposed to... So, when you think about the skill level required to be a good Street Fighter 2 player... Third versus Strike Online Edition? Yeah. Street Fighter 3, Third Strike Online Edition. It's supposed to take you back to that skill kind of thing, where the fights are actually based on more on skill than button mashing. Or Street Fighter has always been that way. You'll freaking, you can't button mash in that game, I don't feel. Well, I feel like Marvel vs. Capcom you can. Yeah, you can't. Definitely in that one you can. In 4. In Street I, Fighter you can't. I felt like in 4 I, I, you could button mash pretty You could? Well. Yeah. I was trying to fight the computer, regular difficulty, and I could just get my butt kicked. No. I don't know. <laughs> but I guess I'm just not as good at I guess you're just not as good a cheater as I am. I mean, should have just done lots of low kicks. Uh, well, yeah, lots of <laughs> low kicks. Punches. And if something works, just do milk that shit. Just keep doing it over and over. But, like, seriously, though, the this I played a little bit of that, and I didn't unlock it yet because I'm not convinced that it's something I need to have. Yeah. But it's supposed to take you back to the, you know, non-three-dimensional version of Street Fighter where it's... Sprites. Sprites and just, you know, getting those perfect combos down and, you know, more of a tactical battle. There's not there's not a lot of tricks with bringing in other characters to bail you out or any of that crap, yeah, you yeah. know. It's just straight up, you know, I don't know, Street Fighter 2 on crack is what it looks like to me. But And it was kind of satisfying to play. I yeah. played, like, Ken or Ryu. You get one of those right off the bat and I'm just beating up somebody. But you only get, like, two characters to choose from unless you pay for it so mm-hmm. that's the other thing i did that's it i'm all and i'm spent oh okay <laughs> see for me i can't recall i do not recall i cannot recall <laughs> if i talked about the last episode but i did play a bunch of xbla games and catherine and stuff last wednesday with my buddy chris but then after that it's just been all league of legends it's funny just to interject <laughs> knock you off your game if you, I had a bad dream about playing Catherine, which was so ironic. No you, way. Have you had any weird? No. I had a bad dream about it. <laughs> it's so oh so my funny. Gosh. Wow. Was it related to pushing blocks? Yes, it was. It was oh trying to climb gosh. that block wall, and instead of it being like funny or me seeing it from the perspective of me playing the game, I was actually there, stuck trying to climb that thing with all this crazy, you know, giants behind me, you know, coming and firing. It really that is it so weaked crazy. me out. But it's just so ironic that no that happened. No kidding. <laughs> so, Holy cow! How yeah. far have you gone in that game? Not very far but it, you know i played it, some time into it it had it yeah it was one one i've only played it one night but i played it for like an hour or something like that yeah. and i was just like and it wasn't that night that i had the dream but maybe like a couple nights later that's so interesting it was funny because it was, I was <clears throat> it was one of those dreams where you have an artificial feeling of fear and then i like woke up and i was like <clears throat> <laughs> It's like really subconscious. That's the worst you can do. That's the worst you can throw at me. You know, it was like really funny. Anyway, sorry about the tangent. <laughs> so is like your wife the thing chasing you as it is in the game? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You're not gonna make a fool of me. You know, no, it wasn't. She wasn't uh, trying no. to stab you with the fork. No, she wasn't. It was it had nothing to do with her. But it was just really funny. I I just it's thought, really God, that was a weird, ironic twist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so <laughs> League of Legends is what I've been playing, and I've been thinking to myself, it's, I, I did some calculations because I've started to feel happy because I finally finally won enough games. I finally got good enough to get the game to have nearly caught up with my number of lost games with my number of win, win games. So before I had way more lost games mm-hmm. than won games, and by virtue of playing with the Wolves and with you and, and Scott and the other great people, it's like I've won and then actually playing better myself. <laughs> oh, that's cool. And it's just, it's so compulsive now for me to play that. And I was, I was looking at how many games I played total. And I was like, if each of those games are about 45 minutes, I think I've put more hours in this game than any video game I've played in my life, which that's is crazy. Cause I've never gotten into an MMO like you guys have. Yeah. And so for me to feel 
to finally have that reaction. I mean, it's like a, maybe like a first time wow person. Yeah. Being totally addicted to the game and then taking a step back and looking at it. It's like, whoa. And the funny thing is about my reaction is that you and the Wolves and Scott have way more games. You have like double or more games played yeah. than I do. So you put in like a double the time that I have. And it's like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I, I, I need to make better use of my game time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not going to get rid of the game. You're just going to no, make no, better no, no, use no. of your time. But I need I, to win quicker. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if that's technically feasible. When Dominion comes out, I think it'll help. That's that so funny bit. that you mentioned that because I track mine with Raptor and I'm up to 400 hours in Raptor, but I played I played probably another 400 hours before I started tracking with Raptor because I played in the beta, you know. That's true. Because we got that like press announcement one day that they had this little game. They were this little studio had this little game and they were going to start <laughs> launching. It was so quaint. And so I thought about it and I did the math and I'm like, that's 32 days of my life. That's over a month that I've been in that game. But you talk to somebody who's like a MMO addict or whatever, and that's just that's dropping the bucket. That's, that's the beginning. That's nothing. Chapter one. They can talk about years. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do it. And well, I think the reason, part of the reason I feel it is that during my years in Nintendo, when I had a lot more responsibility, I amassed quite a collection of games that I didn't play. Yeah. And it's like once I stop doing all this Nintendo stuff. I'll have time to play these games. Right, right. Because <laughs> really, that's why I've played so many DS games, is because they're shorter and they're easier to fit in in small parts of the day. And so that's why listeners have heard me talk about it. But now that I have that free time, and it's so much fun to play with you guys, and I've finally gotten yeah, over my like, aversion to PvP, Yeah, it's like, I want to do that. I want to play with my buddies and talk on Skype that's, and like win. That's and, what I tell people. I go, you know, sometimes it's not even just the game itself, but it's the community. Now, you need a good, solid game that has yeah. the potential to yeah. grow and that's that's a thriving community but if it were another game like if um you know when tor comes out maybe we'll all play that i don't know i'm kind of doubtful but certainly diablo 3 the entire wolf clan's gonna evaporate when that comes out <laughs> i mean they're not gonna be playing league of legends no maybe, they're not maybe they'll limit themselves to two hours a day but <laughs> yeah. i mean it's like and i and i and i too will be gone oh yeah i'm I mean, gonna and I'm going to follow you guys here just because of the, safe, the quality of that of yeah. action. But, like, once you have a community like that, it, in some re- some respects, it doesn't matter what the game is. It's just fun to be with that. You know, it's just like hanging out, you know. Yeah. It could be a lot worse. And then, you know, if you factor <laughs> in how much time, it depends on where you, what your job, vocation is or whatever. But when you yeah. think about, like, how many hours you spend of your life just driving to and from work, you oh, know, in some yeah. cases with different commutes and stuff, it's like... It's really not that bad. Or just mindlessly watching TV and knowing, like, what happened on that episode of, you know, um, Two and a Half Men that really isn't relevant to anything. <laughs> so I, I think it's we cool, do, though, yeah. that you, you're starting to catch up with your, your <laughs> loss ratio, overtake your loss losses yeah. with wins. Yeah, yeah, it's really cool. Well, and when I think the other thing that's been driving it home is, like, my dad's birthday is coming up. And my dad's super huge gamer. And so... It's really fun when it comes time for a birthday or Christmas because it's like my dad is definitely on the higher end of the bell curve in terms of age, in terms of video gamers, but uh-huh. he's really good. Yeah. And it's always cool. I've, I've enjoyed over the years getting him games that he's been really excited, that he's known about and he's excited about, or getting him games that he's not familiar with. And he's like, wow, this is really cool. And he plays it a whole bunch. Well, what's been going on for like the last year, year and a half? is he's so obsessed with Modern Warfare 2, that's all he ever plays. Oh, and we've fun. gotten him all these games, and it's like, they're still in the wrapper, and they're not oh, playing. No. And I'm like, I've turned in my dad the way that he is with Modern Warfare 2, and those, his games are at least shorter. They're only like 10 minutes long, so he can oh, yeah. get in and get out quicker. And it's like, I'm letting these games stack up. But like, for my birthday, I got The Blob 2, Portal 2, and Child of Eden, and I love all those games, and I really want to play them. I, I deliberately didn't get Portal 2 so I could save it for a birthday gift. Yeah. And I know that's such a kickback game. You guys told me all about it like four or five months ago. I'm like, I'm not getting it because I'm waiting until August. <laughs> I mean, like and it's still. like, and I'm not playing it because I'm playing League of Legends. So yeah. I told Terror, I made a grander speech to her today that it's like, I'm just going to give myself a week of cold turkey, not going to play League of Legends. And I'm like, okay, let's be a little bit more realistic. <laughs> maybe, maybe just limit it to 16 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> so what I'm going to try to do the next week, listeners, where this all ties into the podcast is I want to have something different to talk to you about. And so 
I'm going to start off with a smaller game that's shorter and it's easier to get into and get out of, which is Child of Eden. I'm going to try to play some more of that, maybe get Portal 2 installed and not play League of Legends as much so that I have more <laughs> things to talk about than just League of Legends. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So we'll see, but it's going to be hard. More power to you. Yeah, we'll, we'll see if I can break my crack <laughs> addiction. Well, that's, I believe, what we've been playing. Yeah. In a nutshell. Not really in a nutshell. No, more uh, a more like in a sprawling oak tree. But there you have it. <laughs> and now... We will take a short recess while, while we... <laughs> we'll, we'll go to our chambers, and when we come back... Yes, we'll, we will, we'll go to our judges' chambers and hit the crack pipe. Then we'll come back, and we'll, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll unleash some data upon you. Yes. So as mentioned in the introduction for our roundtable discussion in episode 165, we're going to talk... We're, we're going to provide some reactions and talking points to Yoichi Wada's keynote speech that opened Tokyo Game Show just earlier this week. Yoichi Wada is the CEO of Square Enix, the combined RPG powerhouse that creates both Final Fantasy and Dragon Quest games, those two RPG series, as well as many other series, because I think they bought out, they own... Tomb Raider franchise now. Yeah. Eidos, I think they bought yeah. it, was who it was. So they make a lot more than just RPGs and spin-offs of that now. I think they published Deus Ex. Yeah, that was them. Which, boy, that's going over <clears throat> well. Yeah, and yeah, Human Revolution. It's like I, I was reading some of Jason's tweets about it, or, or some comments on Google+, Plus, I think, and hearing some really good things about it. I just love the look of it. It's got a Blade Runner-esque feel to it, the visual yeah. design. It's really cool. Yeah, it really uh, does have that kind of. I know, and I see every night. I, every night when I get on to play League of Legends, I hate to confess to that. I see Jason <laughs> playing the, the Dave Sex one, yeah. and they also uh, were the publishers, I think, for Dead Island. Oh yeah, I think. Yeah. Which that looks really cool. I haven't even I haven't played it, but the dim the yeah the thing the uh, trailer for it was incredibly cool. Yeah, and they may be getting that mixed up, listeners. I know the Deep Silver. I think that the reason I'm getting mixed up is because I think they were right next to the square booth pack. So anyway, misquoting. They're the makers of Diablo three, which has been out for twelve weeks, <laughs> and they're making the Old Republic. Yes, they also <laughs> they walk on water. And <laughs> also made Final Fantasy fourteen, which is a huge flop. Oh. Final Fantasy eleven that was only liked by some people. Fourteen though, Jesus. Wow, what a yeah. Losers! Yeah. I'm making the sign of the backward L in front of my face. Yes. Backward to me, but forward to yes. Noah. So you would think that we probably wouldn't choose to talk about whatever this dude has to say because they're not, they're not necessarily paragons or role models in every respect. In some cases, they are. They're more like sidekicks. But as it turns out, the CEO is a very smart guy. Made some really great comments that I that are summarized over on GameSpot and probably other places. I'm going off the GameSpot transcript, essentially. But one of the things that he... There were two two topics that he touched on. First of all, where is the game industry going? Where do we think... It's going to evolve naturally. Right now, he thinks that it's really based around communication and community and people having connections with each, each other, which is obviously demonstrated through Facebook and through mobile gaming and all, yeah. all the popularity in games in those mediums. Not to mention MMOs and people getting together there, communicating, having communities there, whether they're free-to-play or they're subscription. Technology-wise, though, once the buzz around social interaction dies down and since the buzz around graphical fidelity and making photorealistic worlds isn't as big yeah where does it go next and he believes that it's going to go from 3d displays into holograms holograms <laughs> yeah which i thought was kind of interesting i know that even when i was a little kid back in the 80s and i was thinking man it'd be really cool if there was actually a hologram video game system and then virtual reality came out with their ridiculous headsets and that kind of suggested where that could come up with that could that could be the future and then it yeah. kind of fizzled out it really did fizzle out i mean every time you go to like the, the game stores or something you see those shutter glasses and they're really not oh yeah they're so cheesy or they have those monitors those 3d monitors and then there's the 3d tvs but they're you still have to wear the glasses and it's like yeah. I, 
Yeah. Right. I'll take the totally fake 3D that the 3DS does over that any time. Yeah. Or and I'm doing. I should. Uh, I didn't do it, but air quotes over fake because it actually kind of works. I yeah, mean, it's stereoscopic. 3D. It's, you yeah. just have to be in a very specific position yeah, and you, you can't know, move. It's kind of like a near field monitor for audio. You have to be in the right place, but it yeah. is. It works without weird glasses on that don't do anything. Yeah, which is nice. And once television manufacturers can get over that hurdle, I definitely think that 3D displays will be very commonplace. And then after that, it'll potentially, you could, fingers crossed, be projection, hologram projections. That would be freaking cool. I don't know what it would have to be in the air that we'd have to breathe to support the particulates that the projections would bounce off of. Yeah. Because uh, I assume that that would be involved somehow. It would be like being at a rock concert when the smoke comes out on the stage. Yes. Did you ever like watch that. Bones, that television show? No, I hate that show. It's really good. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. I'm sorry. It's not Bones I don't like. I'm sorry. It's that one with the stupid doctor that's all crazy. House? House. I hate that show, It came out around the same time, and yeah. it's... I've Anyway, I don't. I won't go well, into. Well, bones it. during the forensic research thing, they have this. Do you remember those old things from the seventies where it was like these wires that oil beads would drop down? Yeah, those little statues. It's like little drip, yeah. drips of oil. Would I come thought down. that was freaky. I thought it was weird. I don't, I don't it was know like that what and happened. those lights. The, the <laughs> oh yeah, the fiber optic lights that yeah. change rainbow colors. Yeah, yeah. both icons and lava lamps. Yes, that too. So in bones, they have a holographic computer that they use to reconstruct victims bodies and crime scenes stuff like that and it's got this falling yellow particles that come oh, down wow. and apparently it's based on real technology that exists but huh. that's what i'm thinking holograms are going to be but for yuichi wada the his keynote he thinks that those will start to show up in arcades yeah he, that was kind of his whole thing was like because it'll be too the tech the the technology to display it will be too expensive for your average consumer who now are, yeah. you know, our, our price point we can tolerate is between three and $400, and this would be in the thousands, yeah. that it will actually cause a resurgence of the arcade because you'll be able to go to the arcade and play these, like, incredible, you know, machine or play in these environments by these machines that are very specific, you know? Yeah. Kind of like... It's kind of like, you know, they used to do time slicing on mainframes. It's kind of like that, but you go to an arcade to be in this immersive 3D environment. Yeah. Which is kind of, like, cool. I mean, I, I, th- I don't know if I buy it, but I love the idea. <laughs> I do, too. I mean, because we both had the opportunity to go to arcades. Yeah, we grew up in kid. that era. Right? And it was just, it was such a cool experience. I loved I mean, the arcade. It was, like, my best... It was like roller skating rinks with arcades in the middle and going to arcades. <laughs> yes. I feel like the two coolest things I could do, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, it re- it, I think it really ties back to what we were talking about earlier is that because it was a community that you could get involved with of gamers and you could get to play games yeah. that had super cool graphics you couldn't get home. That's how I met, you know, our, our Jason, our compatriot. Yeah. Um, playing Street Fighter 2 in a, in a local arcade, you know? Yeah. And, and, and thinking he was really cheesy with Honda. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's like, yeah, the thousand hand thing. Punch, like, slap that off. And then I, <laughs> let me show you my small kick. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it'd be really cool to see a resurgence because arcades are almost, I mean, they're all but forgotten. Yeah, Bushnell, the Nolan, the Atari dude, he tried to make his own little Dave and Buster's knockoff. And yeah, I don't know if that really went anywhere. I'm I'm sitting here looking at my Double Dragon arcade oh, game yes. right behind you. Yes. Double Dragon Two, so cool. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, how long has it been since I've actually been to a place like that? You know, that Dave was, and Buster's is basically all we got. Which yeah. is we're lucky that we live somewhere that there's even Dave and Buster's. And that's almost an afterthought of Dave and Buster's, really. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly the bar, the restaurant, and the pool tables. Yeah. And then there's the arcade, but. You know, there's well, fortunately, you know, they are almost always good about keeping a retro arcade in there, you know, where they yeah. have like the usually it's like a newer version, so it's like Galaga and Miss Pac Man, you can choose, yeah. but it's still kind of cool to have that. There's one we have two in our city in Denver, one has like a big mech warrior kind of thing with these pods you get in. And the yeah, other yeah. one has, mm-hmm. like, Grand Prix with the cars where eight people can play the cars. Yeah, it's all networked. And and stuff like that where you just, you know, that would be really cool if they, if they, if, if an arcade could spring up or if a place like that could support one of these places with this 3D technology. That's, that's, 
the dream. That's kind of what I wanted to, that's, that's exactly why I wanted to talk about it with you, Mark, is that it feels like, I think it's a lot of people, I think a lot, in Japan, for Mr. Wada to talk about this technology coming to arcades, it makes sense because arcades still are relevant and big in Japan or big enough to stay in business that there's multiple ones. And, and when I was in Seattle with Scott for PAX, there was one of those Sega arcades. It's it's like a Dave and Buster's, except it's called a Game Zone or something like that. Hmm. And I'm like, why is there all these Sonic these Sonic dolls and everything else in the merchandise that you turn in your tickets from Skee Ball or whatever? I'm like, oh, that's right. Sonic, Sega owns this arcade oh, chain. Sega, yeah, yeah. Sega. And it was cool. They even had like a whole set of retro arcade games, like you're talking about, in the old brown walnut wood cases they're oh, all connected together cool. they're all they have little benches and everything wow it, it i was love cool. those tabletop versions and stuff and they had some relatively modern arcade games there's just not it's like pinballs pinball games there's not a lot of companies making stuff for that no. because there's not any money for it but it would be so cool if holodeck style video games so to speak yeah could create a renaissance in the arcade industry but i just i don't know if it's possible i don't know if people here outside of any any anywhere outside of Japan would be interested in that. Well, and the thing I I wonder too and you know, I'm a, I'm kind of a, a technologist by trade. So like something I've seen in the industry for years is so he's envisioning like this monolithic kind of maybe not monolithic's not good, but like this huge, you know, investment in the technology to to pull this thing off, right? Yeah. But we know now that like the prototype and the initial like two couple versions of something are expensive, but all people seem to be able to do these days is figure out how to miniaturize and reduce cost. And it's like, I don't know that they get the hollow deck thing created. You know, they figure out how to do it technologically. They get the prototype, you know, it costs millions of dollars. Yeah. Who's to say within three to five years though, it doesn't fit within that, you know, three to four hundred dollar price point. Just like computing power continues to like drop, you know, yeah. the, the price per, per computing, you know, unit or whatever. You know, I mean, when you when you look at like Moore's law, where computing power actually doubles every eighteen months or whatever, it's like it might this. He might be like right that this might be the future, but it not, might not be out of like the common man's reach to bring to your home. Just like, you know, 7-1 audio or something like that, where it's like, you know, it really is nothing more than speakers cleverly arranged <laughs> in a microprocessor <laughs> that figures out the delay it needs to make the, you know, dis- and, and then, you know, and then yeah. a, a video or, or, or a, a video with an audio track that separates it all out, yeah. you know. But it might be something like where once they get it figured out within three to five years, you could have it at your house as long as you had the room to create your own holodeck, you know? And I like yeah. I like to choose the holodeck, like, <laughs> metaphor, because that's really what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. You know? And Sony, believe it or not, I don't know how soon it's supposed to come out. It might be the next couple of years. They're trying to chase this rabbit, so to speak. They've come up with this total Geordi LaForge type head like visor thing. Visor. It's it's actually way bigger than the one that LaForge wore. It's like covers up from above your eyebrows to almost halfway down your nose. And it's this giant set of, I think it's two screens. Mm-hmm. So it's in 3D. And basically, given the distance of it to your eyes, it's supposed to replicate a 750-foot wide screen. I've heard of those. Like, I mean, they've been working on those for years, but they never had the 3D part down. They just had it to where it replicated a 750-foot movie screen, like <laughs> yeah. standing in front of an IMAX screen, sort of. Yeah, exactly. But they never had the whole 3D thing figured out. So that's cool if they've got that going. I don't know if I'd want to wear that. It's still, it's the whole glasses thing. Yeah. It's like, I don't see that becoming as appealing enough to potentially stymie a rebirth of a holodeck-based arcade. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it'd be it'll be an iterative process. I mean, first maybe they'll do that. You know, the the, the ultimate thing about the like the and if we're using like a holodeck as like our kind of reference point, I mean, the holodeck it was you could actually touch stuff because they were those were like they were manipulating actual like matter. It felt like a matter, yeah. So you could touch the. Actually, I think some of the cast and or some of the some of the crew members got in trouble for. Touching in, in your window, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's like you know, tactile would would be off. Uh, I, I think technologically it would be off the 
Yeah. You know, that's years ahead, right? Yeah. But but still, if they got the like the the visor, the 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 hearing, you know, the sound right, and then some kind of yeah. some kind of tactile thing, maybe not that one vest that we talked about years ago <laughs> that would like punch you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Ooh, you got shot. Feel it. <laughs> feel it. Yeah, wouldn't it like you feel it or something yeah. like that? Yeah. The vest that hurts. <laughs> well, well, I think we had like, I wanted one that had like sen- or impact points on the back in case I wanted to be like a, a flagellist like uh, like oh, priest or something like that. like from uh, those from da Vinci terrible Code. Dra- Dan Brown or movie shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to be the albino priest that beats himself. <laughs> but um, I digress. But anyway, I I think it's re- I. What he's talking about with a lot of stuff is really cool, like futurist kind of yes. stuff. And, 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 you know, I don't mean to poo-poo the whole arcade thing because I would really like to see that. That would be really. awesome. I think in, my, in the show notes, I thought another possible alternative with people getting so much into tablets and smartphones and portable gaming devices or hardware, where the hardware is not necessarily the constraint anymore. It's the service you're, you're subscribed to, whether it's on live or whatever. It'd be really cool if for multiplayer tournaments and for online games like you don't have to purchase it but you can participate in that community in person if you go to it's an arcade where when you, where you when you bring your gaming hardware it provides the software onto the gaming hardware oh yeah 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 so, so it's like it's kind of like a renting it you get the yeah. full game if you come to this location and you can play and participate and get a drink and that'd be pretty whatever. cool especially if they had like you know, if it had different form factors, so like, oh, you get a 10 by 10 hollow unit, or, you know, if you spend this much money, it's 50 by 50, and the software could adapt, and you had, like, yeah. some crazy, like, yeah, thing it did, you know? It'd be like laser tag on crack, you know? If it had you oh. actually moving around oh, and stuff. Oh, that would stuff. be so sweet. I love laser tag. That's another thing I need to do. Yeah, sometime. that is a fun thing to do. I like that, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, to draw a parallel, because I remember I was trying to describe how frenzied Dominion was oh, yeah. for me. One of the closest experiences that I could come up with parallels for me was it was like after playing a game of laser tag. That's how I felt after playing. The game. I love laser tag. Just so intense, hyped yeah. up, stressed out, but like, I'm like, that was awesome. Yeah. So I, sorry, tangent, but the funny thing is all this talk about holograms is apparently that's Apple's next big innovation, according to a story that I read that just got written up on Bloomberg. The new CEO Tim Cook, who is following Steve Jobs, they're, they're, they have to work on a new big innovation because they did their iPod, they did their phone, they did their tablet, now they need something else. And so apparently it's going to be brand new television, not just a little Apple TV box that streams Netflix and stuff like right. that. The real An deal. actual television built by Apple, reinvented, reimagined beyond what all of the current television manufacturers display. Most importantly featuring potentially as soon as next year, Christmas 2012, it could be as soon as that a television that does glasses-free 3D for multiple people from multiple angles. No way. Now that is pretty <laughs> damn cool. Yeah, which would be amazing. And, of course, that's not a true – it's still stereoscopic images. I don't know how they would pull it off. It's going to be some crazy prisms or some new technology. But uh, That's too cool. To pull that off would be impressive. And they're, they're, But they're calling it a hologram display. Uh, yeah, that's that's – That's a little bit aspirational. Are they trademarking it? Hologram with the G capitalized. I holo. I hollow or I hole. We still like crude humor here. <laughs> that was like the tampod, which is the, the, the disused other term or other na- or possible name candidate for the iPad was the yes. tampod. But yes, in the end, it was it didn't win. <laughs> no, it but just the, nearly lost. The eye hole would be pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what so, will you see through the eye hole? <laughs> oh, peeping into the eye hole again. <laughs> oh. Listeners, what do you think? Do you think that holograms are more the future, or do you think some other kind of technology is? Do you think that holographic video games could lead to a resurgence in arcades anywhere beyond Japan? Yeah. Do you think that it could only live in arcades for the duration just because of the costs that it may – not to mention your whole living room may need to be re-engineered. It's bad enough with the uh, Kinect, right? But Yeah. Imagine if you 
I couldn't even get it connected if I wanted to. My apartment's too not wide enough for it. Like, we could dedicate this basement to it, but then we'd run into a support column and, like, kill ourselves. <laughs> Face first. Yeah. Boom! We're like, there's nothing there, but, uh, oh. oh. <laughs> so, yeah, send in your thoughts on this topic to mail. M-A-I-L. Yeah, channelmassive.com. And there's one other topic from this speech. Do you want to get into that? Um, sure. Blaze through it. All right, so I didn't think we were going to talk as much as we did about holograms, but it's just it's so freaking exciting. It just felt right. Yes. The other thing that Wada said in his fantastic speech was he talked about game industry business models, and this is something Mark alluded to earlier. Yeah, I had a conversation with some coworkers after reading up on this today, just that, you know, he's basically saying, and, and it's a bold statement, but I think it's true that... Especially coming from a publisher. Oh, yeah, it's like, because usually the publishers are in such, like, denial. And defense of But mode. he's basically saying, look, we've lost the power to the consumer, yeah. And there's and and I, while I didn't really read it in the article, I think he was talking about like the the second what do you call it the second hand market yeah mm-hmm. um, the the fact that um, free to play and microtransaction models are succeeding very well yeah um, and and I, I I think he gets it I mean to he could still be in denial but he's you know he's basically saying we're not going to be able to get sixty dollars out of these titles anymore. Yeah. You know, we're Easy. going to have to figure out episodic content. We're going to have to exactly. figure out DLC. We're going to have to figure out, you know, you know, compelling um, free-to-play mm-hmm. models. Not just it's free-to-play, but the actual product is bullshit, and we're only going to yeah. treat it like a redheaded stepchild, but, like, actually getting behind it. And I, th- I think mm-hmm. he's he's right on the money with that. Yeah, it was, I really like the, the way that he described it. It's not a – I guess it's not a metaphor, but – he basically said that consumers are less and less interested in paying a $60 price tag. Instead, they're more interested in paying to his or her satisfaction. Right. So for you, maybe you only want to spend 20 bucks in League of Legends. And for me, I'm going to spend 50 bucks because I'm more excited. That I'm like, well, I want to get this skin, this skin, this skin. And you just want to lock two champions, for instance. And I feel that's really what's drives a lot of the player base in League of Legends is a lot of them start out free to play and they're like I'm not going to buy anything but then a champion comes out that they're really excited about or even if they're like they're into this free to play model and for the reason that they don't have the money and they want to just play it for free and they can they just won't get the you know the fancy skin or whatever but the people that they refer to the game might and so even even what seems like a loss is still a win yeah, and no, then you look at DDO, customer. Yeah. Dungeons and Dragons Online, Lord of the Rings Online, yeah. them going free-to-play has been such a, bone, a boon for them. It was like a renaissance for them, because they were, I mean... Those games were going to get shut down, essentially. Yeah, and they were both solid games. I yeah, mean, they, they, there's, I had no complaints about them. They just they didn't compete well for my time, like World of Warcraft did at the time, you know? But they're doing great now. I mean, it's been a real resurgence for them, and it's because they got it, you know, and they didn't wait till the end, till they were yes. forced to do it. And there's yes. a big difference, you know. Yes. Yeah, and it's like those games, I understand why they sell for 50 bucks at the get-go, because these companies have spent years play, paying developers' salaries and HR salaries and visionary salaries and directors and managers <laughs> and VIPs. Yeah, evangelist salaries. And it doesn't matter how much capital they may have used or venture capital they may have gotten it's like they're still probably in debt by the time that game comes out and they need to recoup that but it's like they're charging 50 bucks and they want to charge you 12 bucks a month which gosh so a freaking pot of gold for them if they can get enough people like yeah. Blizzard has but well, consumers especially with the way the economy is they they can't and often don't want to spend that much money in a game and even before like the free-to-play episodic content or dlc thing really hit the guys that did guild wars got it now, yeah. that game, it launched at a, at a mm-hmm. fixed price point, but then they would make an expansion for it. And it's still unlimited play in an MMO Standard genre room. that was traditionally, mm-hmm. you know, 10 to 15 bucks a month. And that thing just annihilated the competition except for World of Warcraft. I yeah. mean, it was the second most played game there was. Which is really impressive because it goes to show that the full retail price plus subscription model is not an end-all be-all to be successful. Yeah. And, you know, case in point, I, I just noticed this the other day, and I was talking to Noah about it before we started the show, but 
I have like the Force Unleashed and the Force Unleashed Two, and I I never even played Two yet. I played some of One, but I was looking at like I was shocked to see there were downloads for it, and I thought, oh, what are these going to be like stupid skins for it or something like that? <laughs> and it's episodic content, like this yeah. far after the fact, and it's compelling. And I, yeah. you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm going to a have to buy that stuff. B finish one, play through its stuff, play two, just so I can get to the episodic content that's supposed to happen kind of after two, because I really want to see what happens with the storyline. Yeah, yeah. And it's like wow. I mean, they're getting a lot of value out of that. Yeah, Mass Effect does it. It'll help them make three even better, I'm sure. And Mass Effect does it. You know, Bioware is pretty good about it, mm-hmm. and have been, but. For other people, start to nice, especially with RPGs, stuff with epic stories where you invest dozens of hours into the content, and you really love the characters or the world or the story, and you want to spend more time with that. And you don't, but you don't wait four years like Half Life Three. Yeah, yes, Half Half Life Two, Episode Two, and just all this craziness over there with Valve. They just got to get that Dota Two out the door. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and and then I think the other thing that's really pushing this whole drive of consumers are paying their satisfaction is all the fantastic smartphone games that are out there yeah and ipad games that are out there that maybe they're only 99 cents or or the stuff that's on xbox live arcade i think that you know and as a person who's consumed like all three things the droid games the iphone games and the xbla stuff like the xbla stuff's just better i mean it really is good and worth the money yeah you feel you feel like you're getting a a true premium retail game the indie games for that are incredibly good and the indie games for the pc are good too and a lot of them work on both like stuff you get off of steam too yeah Yeah. like steam Mm -hmm. stuff i mean there's some stuff some like what is it space pirates versus zombies or something like that i think i was telling you about that oh yeah yeah i haven't played much of it but it's a it's a thing i just grabbed off steam on a whim like it is just the demo Mm-hmm. And it's like totally retro, but so cool. And it's an indie game publisher. I don't even know the name of them. And it's just like, you know, the fact that stuff like this is being generated and distributed and, and you can buy, you know, you can buy into it for $10, $15, $6 sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome, you know. And so for this guy to not have his head in the sand and say, we were going to, you know, make people pay 60 to $70 for a game. You're <laughs> not going to change anything. He did He did say, like, cloud computing would be, like, an, an innovative thing, which is, you know, that's nothing new. Yeah. But, you know, other than that, I mean, a lot of his things he said were, like, you're, you're just like, you know, you're, you're actually paying attention, you know. Which is reassuring because when they just had Final Fantasy XIV come out and be, like, a mega flop, it's like, yeah. all right, so you understand the principles and you, you're really good at forward-looking now let's see you execute well. Oh yeah, yeah. So that you can make the Japanese game development industry more relevant again to yeah. other places. Because I mean, they've been self-criticizing themselves a lot lately. Yeah, that I, they're just falling behind Western developers. And it's it's horrible to see someone who was at the top of their game. Yeah. You know, fall down. Yeah. But maybe if this guy is, if maybe if this has caused this guy to have like a cathartic moment where he actually started to talk to other CEOs and <laughs> look into technology and actually start to think about the future and stuff yeah. all the better, you know, maybe they can, they can, oh, they always, they prove they could be a super force in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they could, they could do it again. Definitely. So pretty good stuff. I was really excited to read that. And it actually spawned like this crazy conversation at work about <laughs> that's so cool. how the, you know, the, we were talking about how the same kind of thing of consumer um, consumers having power, you know, I mean, like when I think about it, I think about like crazy presidential candidate, Ralph Nader, who was always <laughs> yes. a big fan of the consumer so and saying, that, yeah. we have the power. We just don't know it. It's like, we, we have the keys to the kingdom and we don't seem to understand that we have it. Mm-hmm. And it's, and we were talking about it, this principle as it applies to other things like the entertainment industry and somebody mentioned they had figured out like the value of the music industry and i i the number they gave i don't think is right i'm still trying to figure it out but there are companies like google and microsoft until their latest acquisition who had so much money just sitting there idle that they were just waiting for something to use it on they could actually buy there are a number of companies who could buy the music industry like buy it and do whatever That's they just wanted so freaking insane to be able to say i will now distribute everything you know with my 
cloud-based distribution <laughs> model. You know, like Amazon could probably do it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's Apple could do it. Apple could do it. Microsoft capital. could probably still do it, and Google could do it. Yeah. And it's like to think you could buy an entire industry. You know, an industry that plainly doesn't get it right now. The only way that musicians make money in the music industry is concerts. Um, you know, there are there are royalties and there are stories about it, but it, it, right now when you make an album, because of the way the contracts work, because the musicians certainly don't have the power, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the company that produces it and gives them the advances, they get all the money. Yeah. And, you know, it's pretty, it sounds like it's it's somewhat similar to the, the, the book industry is mm-hmm. not, you know, it's not that great for authors. It's mm-hmm. not bad. I mean. Well, yeah. But. There's definitely. But when you think about stories. the consumer starting to take the power back, sort of. Yeah. It's really exciting. And to see that the somebody at the, the forefront of the gaming industry goes, oh, yeah. We'll acknowledge that. And to acknowledge it. And to just yeah. see the trends that are emerging now. Mm-hmm. And to see, like, the failed legislation to try to shut down secondhand game sales, sure. things like all those failed attempts that where it's like even our silly-ass, you know, representatives in, in Congress and stuff are actually even not falling for that crap anymore. Mm-hmm. And going, yeah, you know, that's a stupid proposal. We're not even going to – it's not even going to become a bill or whatever. It's like, it's good to see, because I've yes. always been a consumer advocate. I mean, mm-hmm. and I've always thought, as because I am a consumer, I don't... Well, yeah. I, I'm an every everyday guy. We all are here, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we're not heads of giant corporations or small, you know, countries of whose people we've enslaved <laughs> um, yeah. yet. And, um, <laughs> <laughs> we both said that at the same time. <laughs> yet. And so, to think that, you know maybe things can shift back to where we we aren't getting like totally screwed over with these or having to just make cho- you know difficult choices like yeah. put shoes on the children or buy final fantasy final <laughs> fantasy 14 you know it's kind of cool so anyway it was good stuff i think i belabored the point at the end there but no i, I you get what i mean i'm i would hope i'm hope optimistic that some of our listeners would feel just as passionate about it and will feel encouraged to write in their own thoughts about this topic as well. So round two of feedback request is this whole consumer having the power and the way that it's impacting the video game development scene and distribution scene of video games, development of them, and further beyond that, as Mark was talking about, just the entertainment and media industry in general. Yeah, it's some crazy thoughts. Send in your comments, ideas, conspiracy theories, or arguments to mail. M-A-I-L. Yeah, channelmessive.com. Or if you just really like Noah, <laughs> send it to N-O-A-H <laughs> at channelmassive.com. Uh, this is the last time I'll mention it, I promise. Or if you just want to tell Mark how special he is, M-A-R-K yeah, at channelmassive.com. I spell it like a man. It's not Mars. <laughs> no. Or it's M-A-R-Q-U-E. not Marcy without a Y. M A R Q U E. Not that. Not no. Mark Not M A R C O. Just M A R K. At channelmassive.com. But we'd prefer you just send it to mail. M A I L. We're so good at spelling. Yeah, we are spellers. <laughs> I was at a spelling bee one time, and I couldn't spell cat, but they spotted me the C and the T. <laughs> I was pretty sure there was a silent H in there and it (laughs) fucked it all up. But anyway, thanks for listening to episode 165. It went a little long. Hopefully you don't mind, but we hope you enjoyed it and we'll be back next week. We'll be back. Best podcast in the world. I played World of Warcraft for 10 years. If I can't play Diablo 3 soon, I might just kill myself. Massive? Blizzard Entertainment, why did we eat the well with Diablo 3? I want to know. I signed up for the beta. I never got an email. It's like they don't even care. I have really good things to say about that game. I read about it in Game Informer. So I came here to tell you I want Diablo 3 to come up right now.